User grind staff publishing audio files. Hello, everyone. It is uh, currently 9.36 on um, October 14th, uh, Wednesday. Hopefully, everyone's doing well. Hopefully, everyone listened to the Denmark um, chapter of the audiobook I just posted. Um, this is uh, the end of part one of Room to Rome. Um, it's kind of like the, the first stage, you know, like that first kind of getting to Europe, being with Reed and I, and then doing the whole Scandinavia thing. And then chapter two is, is called alone because I'm alone in Europe. Um, and that kind of focus on, on the big old chunk of it. And then the last chapter, um, I think it's called heading home, um, is heading home. So pretty straightforward. Um, this chapter is, uh, it was very strange to read again because I haven't read it for you know, a while, for since I wrote it uh, a couple of years ago, and or I guess, yeah, two years ago. So there's a lot of stuff that kind of came up and just really was a interesting kind of just mind craziness thing with it. So um, the first thing definitely that was uh, that was super apparent kind of got me sad, which entire chapter got me sad thinking about Reed and that time of, of our lives and you know that feeling of being like, he was like my lifeline for that Europe part of it, that first Scandinavian part of it. And then, you know, he was like the person I latched onto. And then all of a sudden he was just gone. And so this chapter really talks about, you know, there's a depth to that. So it's not just like, oh, I saw this and I saw this and I saw this. So with with this discussion part of it, behind the scenes part of it, I want to kind of go into that and touch on that at the very end. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, the party hostel. So, in the uh, in the audiobook chapter, that's the first real thing. So Reed and I come in from um, Sweden, so Malmo, Sweden. We come across on the train and then go over water, and um, we get there into the Copenhagen Central Rail Station, which is really impressive and beautiful, you know itself. Come out and just this this beautiful city, bustling, big. And we go to our our hostel, and um, and Reed had you know like always had planned this out and on stuff, and so we didn't know what we were getting into, but we got to this hostel was extremely close to the downtown area, um, and very cheap for what it was, and we got there, and these like just hippie kind of burnout drunk people are they're all our age, and they were hanging out um, outside the the hostel. And they were just, just hanging out. They were drinking beers. They were smoking weed. They were just smoking cigarettes and laughing, carrying on. It was like, I think it was like noon maybe. Right? I think we just had lunch or something like that. So a little afternoon. Definitely not nighttime. And they were just carrying on, having a great time. Accents flying around everywhere. Just, just a wonderful scene. And we're like, well, that was a little weird. And we walk in and the check-in area, which is normally like a, you know, a desk or whatever, or some kind of like semi, semi-formal thing, was a bar. And so you go up to the place where you buy your drinks and that was like, oh, can I have your passport and all that stuff and they take it away. So it was a, it was a really, really weird scene. And, um, but again, it, it, was, it was, it was early afternoon. So there wasn't anyone drinking there wasn't even like partying. So we're like, okay, well, whatever. This is like, maybe it's just a dual place. 
we go up to our, our, our dorm room, which was this like basically a big old square with numerous clanky metal um, bunk beds and people snoring and it stank and just a typical, typical grimy, you know, kind of frat version of a hostel. Like, oh, whatever. We um, locked ourselves up, took off and just kind of got lost and, you know, looked at architecture and went around and um, Reed didn't really have much of a plan of where we're going to go. I sure as hell didn't. Um, what I think we went up to like the, uh, I can't remember what the building was called, but we um, went up to the top of this one building that had this really cool spire and went up there and saw the entire layout of Copenhagen before us. That's in, um, one of my favorite pictures taken was, uh, is actually in my photo book of that. It's a black and white scene and just beautiful. And we went and looked at, you know, different things, uh, churches and, just really got a feel for just the people and immediately went to the, the Nyhaven, um place, uh, district of Copenhagen, which is the classic Copenhagen, you know, the, the canal with the boats and the pastel colored buildings. And it's just good. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a postcard. Everywhere you look on that place is a postcard. Um, and it just, just beautiful. So it, it was fantastic. And that was our very first spot. We came, we went and had dinner came back to our hostel kind of like okay well maybe we'll have like a like an earlier night and just boom it, i can't remember what day what day it was like of the week but i don't think it was a weekend maybe it was a weekend um because it was partying like the weekend we got there and people were like outside they were just super strong of weed and just having a great time we walk in it was like it was like a party it was a bar not like a pub we had been to or whatever it was like, it was like a real party and so that was our first experience of a party hostel so if anyone's looking at going to Europe and wants to go to hostels, um, there there will always, well, almost always be a place where it's like, oh, what kind of hostel is this? And it's like, oh, a quiet hostel or a party hostel. So party hostel is quite literally a place where you go to party and maybe get some sleep. But normally it's like, you know, young people are single. They want to hook up. They want to get drunk. They want to bang. It's like, fine. That, that's what you want to do. That's do your thing. Do your thing. Um, and so Reed and I didn't know that. And so we walk back into our home for the night and there's just people everywhere. And so we, okay, well, let's get a, let's get a beer and let's just like, I guess let's enjoy this, get a couple of beers, um, sit down. And then immediately we're, we're met with like these three German girls. They were probably, I'm probably already maybe a little younger, maybe 21 or so. And they were just really cool. And they just sat down and they talked about, about just this random stuff. And, you know, I was like, these is, this, oh, this is awesome. We should totally go with these, these girls and like see where the night takes us. And Rio was like, I kind of just want to like go just kind of have an earlier night and just call it quits. And so I was like, oh yeah, cool, whatever. And so that kind of turned the girls off. They left and, you know, who, who knows what that would have been like. Um, I mean, not, not like get down or whatever, but just, you know, maybe would have had a, a really cool night. Maybe they were, they, I mean, they seem like really cool girls and, you know, who knows. And so that kind of, that kind of planted a seed for me in that, you know, okay, well, Reed is the kind of guy that wants to have a quiet night, you know, contemplatively um, drink a beer and then just kind of think about the, the universe. And I was like, well, maybe, you know, since I'm the guy that's single and I'm just kind of like out there and just do my own thing, you know, maybe in the future if this comes up again, I should take advantage of it and just follow these girls and just like see where, where things go and like let's have, have a, you know, good times, meet new people and stuff. So it, it sounds kind of, you know, single guy, whatever thinking, but it wasn't about, you know, the attractiveness or whatever it was. It was just about the idea that, you know, 
random people can pop into your life at any time and it's up to you to take advantage of that and you know follow follow your instinct of okay well yeah maybe these girls want to go have some more drinks maybe they want to go to a different place maybe they want to have some friends somewhere and just a really cool environment so you know we chose the ladder or we we didn't chose the ladder we we didn't just chose bed and so we had like a I had like a drink more and then went up to our beds and crashed the next morning um, we got out we didn't really have any kind of plan on what we we're going to do and so we uh, went down kind of more down in, in the historical district and then came across this uh, this guy, older guy, holding this bright white and red umbrella that had just huge letters, free walking tour. And I was like, that's cool. What is that? And not knowing that that was like a staple of, of you know, European cities. And that was like the, the main place to get tours. So we we, uh, we get in line, not really in line, we get in the group. And for the next like four, three, four hours, we just get walked around all over Copenhagen, look at every site imaginable in the downtown area. The guy was really funny, um, and just like I, I got the first real taste of like what a free walking tour was. It was fantastic. And then um, the, the the second to last step or stop on that trip was uh, um, this place called Christiania, which is this um, kind of this like free state, this free state in within Copenhagen. It's like its own little area, and the laws of Copenhagen don't apply there. And so law enforcement, like since the sixties or seventies, kind of said. Okay, we, we understand that drugs are going to be sold, used, you know, whatever. And instead of, like, cracking down on every single, like, you know, two-bit hustler that's going to be, like, selling, you know, very minuscule amounts of weed to young people, we're just going to have, okay, if all you guys want to do your crap in this one area, we'll just look the other way. And so drugs are still illegal in Christiania, but the law enforcement within Copenhagen just kind of don't look in there. And it's like a it's like a known thing, and so we, this, we our tour guide took us right through there. It was super awkward because we couldn't have been more obvious, you know, as tourists. And so here we are, there's like 15, 20 people following this guy with a giant umbrella, walking through this place where people are like are, are in you know bandana masks and like super shady and like obviously doing what they're there to do, you know, sell drugs, use drugs, pass on drugs. And um, I have I have no problem with drugs. I think I, I think you know as long as you're responsible, you could use them. Um, and it was just funny to go through there and be like, you guys, this is obviously a, a drug den. And it was just so weird to walk through it, and everyone's looking at us like, oh man, fresh meat is here. And um, you know, no one talked to us or whatever in the tour, but yeah, I mean, they were definitely. It was very apparent that once it was no coincidence that the, that the tour ended basically right after that. So, you know, the guy, I think, even said, like, I'm not going to discourage you guys from going back in there. I'm not going to encourage it. So, tour ends and uh, whatever. And the cool thing I, I learned about the free walking tours is that they are literally free. But, you know, it's definitely heavily implied that you should uh, you should tip the guys, people that are doing the tours. Because our guy was fantastic, I think. I think between Reed and I, we tipped him about, you know, five bucks each. And it, it was great. It was a fantastic tour. It was fan- he's, he's a great guy. And then uh, we all kind of dispersed, and then the guy was nice, and he was ha- hanging out around after we all kind of left, and we were like, well, we should probably go ask him where we should eat. Is there any good spot? And we went back, and he was super nice and pointed us to this place, and he said, you'll enjoy it. So we walked we walk kind of along, along the canals, um, this one canal, into this giant warehouse. We're like, this is kind of weird. People were there as busy, so I'm like, okay, well, let's walk in. 
you walk in and there are I can't even I can't even estimate a couple dozen probably probably 30 40 50 different food trucks full-blown food trucks inside this warehouse and um, every nationality of food you could think of it was amazing it was so 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 cool and so you walk in and they're all in rows and I think there was a spot for a band playing later that night and people were nice and they were just walking around everywhere and they were very friendly the smells were incredible um, I mean everything from Greek food Italian food Hawaiian food American food um, the greasiest car, I'm sure. And, um, and Reed and I were just like, well, I, I guess we'll just let, just find some food and we'll meet, meet up. And I must've walked each of those rows a couple times. And I was like, man, I just don't know what I want. And I think I settled on a, a Greek Euro, um, and a beer. And I was like, this is fantastic. And Reed and I met out front of the warehouse and, um, it was just, just sunsets. So we were, we were just, him and I were quietly eating our food on this bleacher situation and watch the sun go down and just like, it's like, man, this is our second to last night together, you know, of of being like a duo. And then it was a little bit bittersweet, but I was like, nah, we still have another day to deal that shit later. The beer, just like, let's just, just do it it tomorrow. Tomorrow came and, um, we went on, uh, Oh wait, I messed up. Sorry, guys. During that, during that walking tour, <laughs> shit. During that walking tour, um, yeah. During the walking tour of that of that first, <laughs> I'm sorry. During that walking tour of the first day in Copenhagen, an intricate part of the, the, this story happens. This is really important to tell you guys. Hopefully, you guys are still listening. <laughs> sorry, I fucked up. Um, during that tour, um, before Christiania, before the food trucks. Um, about halfway through, I can't remember where the hell we were. We were like in this like, uh, like a state, like this kind of like Romanesque, big old sprawling mansion thing. And um, Reed and I had been like, you know, listening pretty intently to the, the tour guide. He was funny. He was engaging on stuff. And we were just like, oh, this is super cool. We weren't really paying attention to anybody around us in our group. And so we we're like, oh, whatever. And then there was a point around then where we were like, okay, well, let's have a break and like just put our Back, backpacks down and like just relax for a few minutes while we kind of just relax take a breath and um Reed and I were like looking at this statue or whatever and this guy with a super heavy Australian accent came over and was talking to us and he must have been like watching us or cared about something we had to say because he like went right up to us and um essentially he just was like just kind of started right in and like oh you know who, where are you guys from you know what are you guys doing like you know, and just super, super poppy peppy and just like really just wanted to talk about just general things. Well, this is how it goes when you're, when you're traveling like this, people just want to know where you've been, talk about where they've been. It's a pretty cool thing. And so after a couple minutes of talking, um, he, uh, we, you know, we asked him, he he asked us, you know, what what we're doing. And so we tell him, and then, um, we asked him, oh, you know, what, what, what's your story? He said, oh, I'm, I'm from Australia. And I was, I was working in whatever sector and then I got bored. And so I was like, oh, well, I should travel the world. And he's only, he's like 22 and it's pretty, pretty common for Australians and people in the Europe sphere. But Australians seem to be very good at this. They're very prominent, prominent. Um, and so he, he got tired of his job and said, I'm, I'm done. He's only 22 and took off to um, Italy. So he got to the South of Italy with like, I don't know, X amount of dollars, like I don't know, $5,000, whatever. 
And so then he, uh, he kind of had that idea of like traveling in a hippie way. And so he uh, started off in the south of Italy, kind of went his way up and then worked at, you know, vineyards here and vineyards there and like an olive farm and kind of did the whole farming to pay the way thing. It's very common. And then he got up, um, then he found someone that sold him a motorcycle. Um, he motorbiked across the continental Europe um, to somewhere, I think maybe Germany or something like that. And then, um, and then his motorbike gave out, so he got a bicycle and then spent however long it took him to get up to Copenhagen. And um, I can't remember what the end game, end goal was, but essentially he just wanted to just travel and, you know, just kind of by any means necessary. But the important part of it that really, really shook me and has still looked, I look back at this and think, wow, what an amazing concept is that his way of travel was kind of like the by any means and by cheapest as possible. And so he had been traveling for three months at that time. And so in three months, he had spent about the same as I had in two weeks of travel. Um, and that really kicked me in the ass because I was like, I thought I was being this, you know, conservative, you know, money conscious person. And but with being with Reed and Reed being more on a vacation, he really was screwing up my um, my finances for the, for the longevity of his trip. And so meeting this guy really kind of um, put into focus to, for me to be like, okay, well, I can't just be this person that's just going to be like willy-nilly like, oh, I, I guess I'll take this boat, I'll take this train, I'll take this plane and be more conscious of like what is the cheapest way to get from point A to point B because, and I learned very much lately or later, this guy was saying that quite typically the cheapest way is the most most exciting way aka the most pain in the ass and the part that gives you the most stories and so I was like oh that's a really good point and so I the entire time and then you know and, and then you know we went we went about our ways and he went his way and we finished the tour and then ended up at the food truck place sorry for the incontinuity um but what was interesting about that was that before um I had been looking at all these very Western European, very American ways of traveling Europe. And the way people do that, at least on our side of the world, is they focus on a country, they they choose the couple cities they want to go to, and they really just explode in those those cities. And so that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that way of travel. It's it's awesome. But it's expensive. Um and so normally the trip is like a week or two weeks and then they go home. Um, but with me, I had to figure out a way to stretch $7,000 over the course of 90 plus days. And so that was very difficult. And again, there's no real way to plan that. I mean, I mean even looking back, even if I wanted to plan that, that would have been, would have been insane. So I, I really credit that Australian guy for really, you know, focusing what was a very bourgeois Western you know, American or Western Europe um, way of thinking and being like, I mean, I'm not saying Australians are not Westernized people, but, you know, the Australians I met in Europe that were traveling, they were just such a cool people, very, just very relaxed, very chill, very much like, this is what I want to do. Some were like, I, I'm going, I'm getting by on pennies. Some were like, I'm spending a lot of money. Who cares? But this, 
this guy in particular was a person that was like that very much hippie vagabond guy that I was that I thought I was, but turned out I was nowhere near. Um, at the end, after all that had happened in the Europe trip, after the 94 days, I, I had become that guy. Um, so after three months, I was that guy. Um, but when he met me, I was like this person that thought I was him. And um, if it hadn't been for him, there's no way I would have made it the entire way. There's no way. There's, there's no possible way. And so um, it was it, it was really fortuitous and very uh, one of those strange things that happens, definitely in a situation like this where I, chronic, I chronicled literally every single day of a three-month span. Um, and it's interesting when you look back at those kind of things, you're like, wow, that was a really big point that happened. And there was, there's no reason for it to happen. Um, but it happened and it was wonderful. Um, so now I'm caught up to where I, where I was. So we left a food truck place after watching the sunset go down. We went back to, um, or we changed hostels. We, we didn't want to go to that party hostel again. So we, we, we switched it to this really cool um, uh, hostel that used to be a brothel in the 17th century. Um, and it was the exact opposite. So whereas a party hostel was a party hostel, it was very loud and it was right, basically right next to the city center. Um, this brothel turned hostel place was right in the Nyhaven district that was really old. It was beautiful. You look out on the canal of Nyhaven, it was just wonderful. It was super quiet. It was great. Um, each bed had curtains over it. Um, so like when you close the curtains, you feel like you're in your own little world, which is very unique experience in a dorm or in a hostel. So very cool. Um, so we stayed there and then the next morning was the last, the last day, the last day had finally arrived. So what to do on the last day? Um, woke up, had breakfast and, um, just kind of didn't know, you know, we both had this, this weird feeling of like, we're not sad. We're men, you know, we're, we're just friends. We're just going to like just do our thing and like walk around and, you know, Reed is a very unemotional kind of guy. Definitely outwardly emotional. He is not. Um, and I was like trying to just hide behind my excitement for the overall trip and be like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sad, man. I'm, you know, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to do this thing. I'm ready to go on my own and try my own thing. I, I can only speak for myself, but Definitely on my end of things, I, I was super just nervous, but it was just always all this stuff, you know, it, it was very, I guess, like, you know, for me being fortunate enough to go to college and like, I, it, it felt like that time when I was going to leave my mom and my, my, my home house, my, my, my place I, I grew up in and, you know, go off to college. And it was like that same feeling, like there is nothing more I wanted to do then go ahead and live out that next part of my, my life. There's also that sadness. And then like, there's like that attachment you get to that comfort. And, um, it was, it was very similar to that. It was that very similar experience where, you know, with Reed, not only was he a person I knew, which was a, which is a big point, you know, I mean, when you're thousands of miles away from home, he was the only person I knew for thousands of miles, like on a different continent. He's the only person I knew and he was right there. And, um, he was not, not only that, he was my really good friend. Um, we, we, we were like, we talked really well, like we were just really, really good friends. And, um, he also was a planner. So there's a lot of yin and yang thing, like where he was a planner and more relaxed. I was a more frenetic, like, let's just not plan anything. Let's just go. Ah. 
Um, and so it, it, it was really, uh, it was one of those things where I was sad, but excited and like overwhelmed, but, you know, ready for it. And the, the entire day was like that. Just really kind of was playing on my emotions and we just didn't really talk about it. And, you know, traditional man stuff where we're just like, oh, we have feelings, compress it. Oh, we have feelings, compartmentalize it. And so we just walked around Copenhagen and went, you know, went here and there. And we got, we went up to like this art museum place and went to the, a rooftop again and like had some beers and it was just one of those things where just very you know Reed and I kind of thing and it was looking back it was a really really nice really nice night or a really nice day and um we ate at the food truck place again um and we went to this really really nice brewery um and it was like you know dark wood with like the 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 matte painted metal and it was just this really cool feel. It felt, felt very Pacific Northwest. Um, we were just talking and, you know, there'd be points where we just didn't say anything and kind of look off and like we'd think about our own stuff. And I was thinking about like already getting nervous about, okay, tomorrow I have to wake up by myself. I have to you know, get my shit together. I have to get uh, some kind of transport to Germany. And, like I, I kept on going that way. Then I was like, wait, but like I can't go that far because, you know, Reed's right here. I have to be make sure to talk to him and like, but it was just, we were just at that point, you know, where our friendship where we could, we could just, you know, sit there in silence and it was totally fine and, um, drank our beers and just quiet. Um, we walked back to Nyhaven in the dark and it was just like, it's, this is it. We went into our, into our, um, hostel and, um, it was one of those weird moments where you're like, should I hug this guy? Should I like, you know, tell him something like, what should I do? And we just kind of made awkward small talk, like, oh, I guess I'll see you at home and that kind of thing. And we just kind of like awkwardly like, I, okay, have a safe travel and crawled into our um, into our curtain bunks. And like I, I closed my curtain. And I was just sitting there like, man, like this shit is real. Like I pulled out my phone and I was looking at maps and like how to get to Hamburg, you know, you know, ticket prices and that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, my God, everything was so heavy. <laughs> And then I just was so tired and I just fell asleep and I woke up and this, the light was so bright. It was a beautiful day the next morning, blue skies, um, just gorgeous. And I looked at my phone, it was eight o'clock and Reed, um, had to be at the airport, I think by five. So he had to leave the hostel by four or whatever. And so he had been gone for four hours already. So he was in the air going back to America and I was you know, just waking up, my long hair was like greasy all over my face being like, oh shit, man, we're going. And I got this like, just burst of like, just like, man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like get up, going to kill this. I'm just going to kill it. And like, I got, you know, I got my stuff ready. Got, I got my, you know, my hair up. Um, I got my headphones in, put on some beats and went outside and just like, just warmth hit my face, walked along walked along like, like the, the Nyhaven, um, canals and just like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill this. Like, you know, Reed taught me what, what he knew. I mean, I have confidence. I know what I'm doing. I've been here for two weeks now. Let's do this thing. And I walked and I was strutting and I got some breakfast and I got to the, the, uh, train depot and I bought my ticket and I sat down and I was like, this is it. This is happening. Like I, I this is, this is, this is going to happen. Um, and I didn't know 
where I would be, you know, after Hamburg. I mean, Hamburg, Germany was the next stop. Um, I had I had my train ticket in my hand. You know, people were like bustling around me. People were in a hurry. People with families and all kinds of accents and ethnicities. And it's just like, oh man, I'm doing this, and I didn't know. Like it was it was a true precipice, because I didn't know what was next. I was at, like it was like Reed and I had hiked up this hill, this mountaintop, and we had wine a little bit, but not too bad. It was pretty easy, you know. And and then he like he just disappeared. Poof, was gone. And I stood at the literal precipice, was looking out, and like the entire all the countries of Europe were there. Like I could go, I could go anywhere in the world. And I had that exact feeling when I was in, when I was in Alaska and after like the summer ended and I was like, I know I can be on a boat. I know I can drive a fucking boat. I know I can do anything in this world and I can go anywhere. And I was standing at, 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 the, at the end of a dock looking out and being like, the entire world is open for me and I can do anything. The exact same feeling was when I had that ticket, that train ticket in your in Copenhagen, sitting at on that bench and being like, I can go anywhere. Like it, it's it was the most powerful feeling ever. And, um, you know, I didn't I didn't know what was next. I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know where I'd end up. I knew that I had to go back um, to Reykjavik, Iceland, on September or December eleventh. That was it. It was, you know, it was late September um, in Copenhagen, and I had two months, over two months, to fuck around and go anywhere I wanted to in, you know, the the continent of Europe or anywhere else. I could go anywhere. And um, the point of this book is that it's not braggadocious. I hope it doesn't come off that way. It's not like, oh, look what I did. Isn't this, isn't this amazing? It's not. No, it's about one person that came from a very, very small town and a very conservative small town. And there was never said, but it was very heavily implied that, you know, the whole thing where you can, you can do anything you want, you can go anywhere you want to. That's true, but it's a scary world out there. So be careful. And looking, and then now I was 25 years old and I was very far away from that small town and I was at this precipice and I could do anything. It was just so powerful. And um, this book really shows that anyone, anyone can do anything they want. They can go anywhere they want. Um, it's not easy. It's hard. In a lot of cases, it takes struggle and it takes sacrifice. But if you want to do anything, it's possible. Um, and that this book really shows that you know a small town kid can go to 19 countries over the course of 94 days and just just see the world and it was fantastic um and this and this whole part um part one of the book is uh you know really talks about getting here so it was like going from going from you know the the hop fields of oregon and then the endeavor it was to get to iceland and then really the ease of travel it was with reed and um the chapter ends and I'm sitting at this train depot and the next part is called alone. And, um, it's not just because I'm, I'm without read, but also just because like it was the first time ever that I was like, man, I'm out here. Like I've, 
before this, I, you know, I, I had traveled, I had hiked out in the middle of nowhere, like miles out in the middle of rugged nothingness. You know, I had gone to Alaska and fished and was like on a boat in the middle of the ocean. But for some reason, even though I was surrounded by people, being surrounded by people that didn't speak my language and that I didn't know anyone for thousands of miles and there was no lifeline. Um, I mean, like that's a little dramatic because there's always money available from family or whatever, but I, anything could happen and no one knew where I was, you know, at that exact moment. And so I was alone in the literal sense of the word, but also like in a mental state where it's like, man, like this, this, this could go sideways, but it didn't. And it was, it was amazing. So I'll stop rambling. Um, there's a lot more to this book. It's only, I'm only 86 pages into it and there's like 300 some pages total. Um, so hopefully you enjoy this. Um, there's plenty more to come. Um, then that, that day does not go in much better. I, I miss, I miss the train or I miss a bus. I miss a train. Uh, it, it did not start off well. So, um, I will record the next chapter of the audiobook Germany, um, as soon as possible. And hopefully you enjoyed this discussion. Um, cheers and keep thinking, keep writing. Thanks.